statistically, I'm that's like when I took third in state at wrestling because it was in sixth grade and there was only four people. But, you know. Oh, boy. <laughs> the state was thrown around very loosely. With that, we are underway here at the Dummy Run Podcast, a Minnesota United-leaning MLS podcast that may mention the USL from time to time. I'm Alistair Kraken, he's Grant Hirschberger, and we are back, baby. What, three weeks, four weeks off? I feel like I haven't done this in forever. I'm surprised my voice hasn't cracked yet. Yeah, I know a lot of you guys thought we were gone away forever, but just like that... um you know, work assignment you've had on your docket for weeks. It, just because it's laying low does not mean it's gone away. Uh, yep. It's coming back, and that deadline is here. And so uh, here we are. We've received a couple of DMs and messages about hurry up. What do you guys, you know, what are you taking so long for? Your production quality isn't even that good. Uh, you know, all these mm-hmm. different things. So mm-hmm. understandable. Um, but, you know, here we are. We're back. It wasn't on purpose. The one week, I think, was on purpose. We said we were going to take one break. And then the next week, we just like never really got around to recording. And then was there another week in there? I don't know. Either way, it was an accident. And our schedules are clearing up. So, we, you know, a, a few more weeks here of, of scatterings. But we should be in the clear. Hit, hit, you know, we should hit our midseason form, you know, later in the year, as well as with the team, we hope. We always push that midseason form uh, farther and farther down the line. We just keep kicking that can, baby. One, two to three more episodes, and then we're going to be rocking. Hey, that's all we need to really be hitting our stride. All right. Well, We've I think that so was the last cover, fun we had for this episode. Yeah. What, what do we talk about, you know? You know, I, I came off of the Seattle game. I wrote my notes. I watched the game back again. I, I was ready to record. And I was going to come in saying, don't panic. It's not as bad as it looks. After rewatching the match, I actually feel pretty good about it. A few different things go our way. It's a different match. Yada, yada, yada. Kamal Lawrence looked good. You know, there was a lot of chances that we just barely missed. You know, nine times out of ten, that game finishes as a 2-2 tie. All of those things. And then we didn't record. And then Sunday happened. And now I don't even know where to begin. Are you leaving it on me to begin? I was hoping you would have something, yeah. <laughs> Man, I'm speechless, um, which is rare for me. Um, and I'm going to follow up me saying speechless by talking for a bit. But, um, <laughs> no, you know, it's the thing that I say a lot of the times that I think sometimes with this team, it, it's a bit of a Rorschach test where you can see what you're looking to see. Um, but this last game against Austin was bad. Um you know, Seattle, I think you could make the argument that, you know, a couple of things just fall a different way and maybe that's a, a tie or maybe that's a, a win. But um, Austin, I, I mean, I I saw it all over Twitter. Just they're not that good. I think they've beaten bad teams and then we have played poorly. So go figure. They beat us. We played like a bad team. Um, we didn't play great. So, yeah, I, that's it. That's all I got. It, it's frustrating to add to the noise because 
I mean, what do you take away from a game like Austin? What what takeaways could you possibly have? Ariaga's good. Don't pick Ariaga. up Michael Boxall. Oh, okay. Let's take a second and just... <laughs> that is... That's the, that's the lone bright spot. I think that's spot. it. Yep. And like, man, did we... We paid the same amount in, uh, you know, discovery rights to Austin that we did paying CD Maraton for his transfer fee. $50,000 to each party, to Austin and, and, and Maraton. And uh, he looks like the real deal. I mean, there was a couple of different situations. And he does it every game where mm-hmm. he'll be, like, dribbling on the run under pressure. And he makes an insane like pass to somebody who's way down the field. Um yeah, wow. That guy he's our he's our eight of the future. Really, really impressive. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that was a positive note, but other than that, I mean I, thinking back to it was two years ago, maybe even three years ago. I don't remember what I, there was that one game in Colorado that was just so bad. Um, and I know a couple of people went and watched it, and it was, I mean, it was real bad. This game, that's the only other game I can remember coming away from being like, wow, that was just from start to finish bad. And honestly, if, if Austin hadn't been so bad, we probably would have gotten stomped. Like, at halftime, you know, the FS1 commentator even talked about how, like, both teams just look like they don't want to be there. And I think that that was just like, it was that bad. It's the worst this team has looked in several years, I think. But I don't really know what to do with it now. It's like, it was so bad. I have a hard time even deciding like where that came from. You know, I think that there's a lot of like individual performances you can point to that were poor. I think we're going to talk a lot about Adrian Heath. Um, Outside of Ariaga, Rosales did some nice things, I thought. Um, and you know, Kamar Lawrence, I think still looks good, you know, for being his second, his like, you know, whatever, second, third week with the team. Um, I think he still looks good. I'm happy that he's here. I thought Dotson did a lot better at right back than he's done. Um, you know, it, he's had his, his bad games and he certainly was not up there as someone I'd point to as having a bad game, but the attack especially just looked, you would get down there and it just was, it was so far off. I don't even know how to point to something that the reason I think it was wrong. Yeah, I think, and so, you know, I said Austin was bad right off the bat here. And, and I almost want to take a second and reassess that. Cause I, I'm not going to say they're perfect or they're the best team in the league or whatever. They are tied for the most goals in the league. Um, yeah. The first and, two and games know, were. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, okay. Right, but three wins, two draws, one loss, right? And so one of those wins coming against us, right? Um, I don't think they're great, but I I definitely think they're not a bottom feeder. So I think that's at least, not to be the spin doctor here and and say they're suddenly the best team in the league and they're supporter shield challengers, but I think it's worth saying they're probably not as bad as we might have initially thought they were. They're not who we thought they were uh, to, to spin on that old uh, whatever YouTube clip. But um, but no, I think we got punched in the mouth. And I think from Heath's statements, um, I think before the game, during the game, and after the game, it sounded like he was really um, dialing up the defense for their offense. Like he really 
took them seriously as, as a good team, apparently, which take that how you will. But there was a couple different times where we were watching the game and, and, and I was saying like, man, we're playing so low. We had this like super defensive, um, you know, formation for a lot of the game. And I think that, you know, it's hard to constantly try to hit on the counterattack when you don't have, you know, a ton of speed. Uh, Fragapane didn't start. Revan Lou's not necessarily a burner. Amaria's not necessarily a burner either. Um, yeah, it's, it's, I don't know. Well, we, I don't, we played I, it in a 4 3 3, um, for anyone who doesn't know, with, you know, Ariaga, Trap, and Rosales as the midfielders and Reynoso out left. And I think that Reynoso, I mean, he has had a, a rough start to the season. I think that a few different people have talked about that. Um, that definitely is ramped up after his performance on Sunday. You know, even even Cal Williams now is saying, like, maybe it's time to, like, sit him at the start of this next match, see what Anu can do, and also just send a message. And I say even Cal Williams, not because I think he's, you know, necessarily like, oh, now he's saying it. But I think that Cal doesn't usually say something until it's until there's a lot of buy-in on it within the club. So I think he's that not- even... I think that he's him not saying super that reactionary. Right. He's not super reactionary and he doesn't ever come out with a hot take that doesn't have that would I would say I don't think he ever tweets anything that would catch this coaching staff off guard kind of situation, you know? I think For if sure. he is saying something, it's to the point where internally people are talking about it. And it can't possibly be like the first time it's really said. Right. When it's when it's something controversial, it's never like we heard it from Cal first. No offense, right. but that that's like Cal doesn't make his living being a, a news dropper. You yep. know, he doesn't drop hot takes. Um, so if it comes from him, like you're saying, it's usually a pretty he's formulated this for a while. And it's it's, you know, been a long time yeah. coming. So I think we saw that with Unu. I think when he started talking about Unu not being the person that they thought they were getting is when we also start to see Heath treating him a lot differently. Um, so I think that that's fair. Um, you know, and the, the Reynoso thing is, is so true with it. It follows the same thing that a lot of these Minnesota United tastes end up following where it's so polarizing. It's hard to have the argument because yes, Reynoso has not had a good start to the season. That's definitely something we should talk about. And we should talk about if he deserves to be sat, you know, or not started and you know, what do we do to get him going again? But like that conversation always seems to get hijacked by like the polar ends of those. So like you can't just say Reynoso's having a rough start to the season without being like lumped in with people saying like Reynoso's a bad player and we should sell him. And I don't know why that always seems to be the case with Minnesota United especially, but I feel like it comes up a lot when we have these conversations around a player or the coach and how well they are or are not doing. Yeah, I wanna just go ahead and say if if your take is not you, but dear listener, um, <laughs> if your take is that Reynoso is bad and we should sell him, you got to get your head on straight, right? How many times in the history of any sport have we seen players go through slumps? Mm-hmm. And that doesn't mean they call it form for a reason. It's your current form. Yeah, he's not playing well right now. That's okay. That does not mean he's not the player that we know he can be, it means he's taking a lot of knocks. He's getting double teamed, triple teamed, sometimes even quadruple teamed. Um, we need a new 
a fresh look at how we want our offense to run. Sure, absolutely. Um, but don't get it twisted. Like Reynoso is still absolutely a top 10 player in this league. And there are people who are, I've seen it on Twitter. I'm not paraphrasing people saying like, he's not even close to like the 30th best player. And it's just not true. It's different with form. I am paraphrasing that. I was, you smiled. I think because I totally was paraphrasing that, but I don't remember the exact tweet. I'm not going to say it word for word, but um, yeah, just take a deep breath, right? Not everything needs an immediate spicy reaction, you know, but let's, okay, well, let's take a, I, I don't know. I think that him being on the left definitely did not help that. No, that was bad. He was, was, he just was kind of wandering around out there. I think that him and Rosales ended up on top of each other a lot, which is, you know, for a number of different reasons. But there was one point in particular where a cross came in and Rosales like literally ran over and like took it off of his foot. Um, I don't know that Reynoso would have done anything with it, especially with how he's been playing lately. But still, like, that was not a great situation. There was a lot of things that you could point at through this game specifically that would probably give Reynoso a little bit more benefit of doubt, Um, especially just how many times he was running down the wing with the ball finally and Amaria was like the only person in frame and he was standing on like four defenders so there are those things but let's just leave those for now what do you think it's what's wrong is it just mental is it an effort thing there's a lot of walking going on which number 10s always have a lot of walking and I think that you only start to point out when they're not doing well so I think that's kind of a f- unfair judgment to go off of but something is wrong how do we, what's going on or how do we fix it? I'll let you answer either question. You feel more prepared to answer. I'm never prepared to answer any questions. I'm prepared to wing it always. Um, I would say what's going wrong. It's definitely a large part of the mental game. I think it's also, you know, he's getting knocked every time he's Mm -hmm. got the ball. He's getting two to three players on him every time he's got the ball. And I think, I'm of the opinion that Reynoso is in the top 10 skill talent-wise in Major League Soccer. But Major League Soccer continues to get better and better, and so when you have two to three players on you at all times, that's very difficult to play around. And so part of it is we need other players to step up. I think, in my opinion, Kervin Arriaga um, absolutely can be that guy, and in our best lineup we have Reynoso and Kervin both being um progressive passing creative players in different ways Kervin's more of a um you know I'd say uh Reynoso's like a Lamborghini he's like a exotic sports car and Kervin is like a a a steam train like he just is gonna go through and power through people and I love both ways. I, I think they're both great. So I think Reynoso's playing a little bit of hero ball. He's probably trying a little bit too much. And he's he's too tense. We're all really, really over-stressed uh, out. And I think we need to trust the teammates. You got to pass the ball, spread it out a little bit, um, and, and see what we can do to get players into dangerous spaces. I also think that at times we... I don't know. It we just doesn't seem like we've got enough guys who are willing to create outside of Reynoso. I think Bongi is one of those players who will create. Fragapane didn't get to play until, I don't know, what was it, like the 60-somethingth minute. Mm-hmm. 
Um, but he's somebody who can beat a guy off the dribble and make some stuff happen. So, you know, we're still in this weird flux that it's like, I think we're hitting the panic button still a little bit early. And I'm I'm one of the people who I'm equally unhappy with that result and, and with some of Heath's decisions. But could we have done different stuff? Absolutely. And we can talk about that later. But like, I don't know. Reynoso, I think he needs a night off, maybe. I wouldn't be mad about it. Not because he's a bad player, but because sometimes people just need to hit the reset button. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, Reynoso is the most followed player in the league. If not the most, he's going back and forth with one other person that I'm actually blanking on right now who it was. But he gets followed a lot, and he gets followed hard a lot. But nothing... It's been three years now or whatever, and we haven't really figured out... like. MLS teams didn't invent fouling a good player. So, like, what aren't what haven't we done to counteract that? Is it just that like we need the league to step up and do a better job of protecting him, or are there things that we should be doing that we're just not doing? Because we all just talk about it, and yeah, Ray gets beat up, and just throughout the year he just keeps falling apart more and more. But like, what do we just need Ray to be tougher? What is the answer to that? Well, part of it, I think, is Ray has to be on the field, but not always the central focus of our offense. Even though, in my opinion, he's the best player on our team and especially on our offense, because they know our game plan is let Ray create, let him cook, give it to somebody else for a little bit. If they want to put eight guys on Ray or whatever they want to do, get him the ball fast, have him move the ball quickly, you know, there's going to be open players. If if people are double teaming him, triple teaming him, that means somebody's got to be available. You know, so I think it's just getting our offense going without him initially. And as we start to show independence outside of Ray, they're going to have to respect the Ariagas, the Ludes, the Fragapanes, the Bongis. You know. Yeah. Now that's. I mean, that's. That's a great point. If, if no one else is going to do anything, then why would they ever cover anyone else? Um, Thunderwall asks, uh, was Austin on Heath or the 11? Amaria and Ray have been dreadful as of late. So we just talked about Ray. How have you been feeling about Amaria lately? I think he's been doing fine. I mean, he he was part of the first three goals of the season, I think. Um, I think technically four. I think it was the first four. Okay, start first four goals of the season. So a, a good start there. I think we're not quite seeing some of the magic that that we saw in those first two games when he was here originally. And some of that may just be more on the way that those first two games happened back then and, and uh, you know, a, a, a bit of good fortune or, you know, things working out well. Um, he finds himself in the right areas often. I think that he his, he's becoming a little bit predictable in his runs. Um, he finally started to make a few more front post runs this last match, but um, you know just wasn't connecting. I don't know that he jumps out as someone who I would say is dreadful as of late, but I would say the statistics probably say that he has been. So I don't know. I'm also just like a, an Amaria fan, so I I'm probably have a little bit of the planters on. Grant, as an unbiased third party, what do you think? Um. I- I think we have seen enough from our strikers that I I think it is the position and how we are treating the players in those positions 
more than the player themselves. We've seen it happen to Deep Breath, uh, Unu, Fernando Adi. Um, help me out here. Who's Kai before Kamara, him? Uh, Kai Aaron Kamara. Aaron Sean. Yep, keep going. Keep uh, Robin Lude at times. Abu Dunladi. Angelo Rodriguez. Christian Ramirez. We've Ooh. seen. Oh, I know, right? I don't even want the controversy. Just help me out here, guys. The point being. Foster Langsdorf. Foster Langsdorf. <laughs> also, actually, more importantly, too, is it's more recent, especially with the um, addition of Ray, is I think we've gotten so stagnant in how we create goals, and it's so predictable, that, of course, if if point A is Reynoso and point B is the striker, and you know they're going to go from point A to point B, if you shut that down, like, our strikers get no kind of service. Mm-hmm. And so when Fragapane was kind of off on a tear, he's getting a ton of assists because all of a sudden we have a different avenue of how to get the ball to our strikers. And so I don't think this is an Amaria problem. I'm also, you know, I'm a Unu stan. Unu Ive rise up, right? But, like, genuinely, it, we have to be more creative on how we run our offense. And, and I am of the opinion... There is zero doubt in my head that we're at the point we might as well try a 4-4-2. Mm-hmm. I really don't think it's going to be as defensively poor as people think it will be. Whoa. Especially- whoa, whoa. Okay, whoa. hold up. Okay. Hold up. Because when right. I was saying 4-4-2 at the beginning of the year, you and Stefan and even you and David were just hounding on me saying that if you lose that 2-6-8 combo – we are going to start bleeding goals. So if you've changed your mind on that, welcome to the club. We've got a seat for you. Uh, let me know what you're drinking. Oh, I would, sure I would like but, to say... But don't say on. as people think it will be because I will okay. pull the receipts. Actually, I deleted all, right. all the receipts, but I will tell you that those happened. Let, okay, let me, let me rephrase this. I was piling on with them because they seemed to be winning in that <laughs> argument. And I know how to pick a side, right? I play both sides. That way I always come out on top. That's All right. True. You got to play both sides. So right now or, or in the past, you were losing. And I'm sorry, Alex. I just I'm not going to pick the losing side. <laughs> but all jokes aside, it, no, I did. I did say that. Here's what changed. And this is this is actually genuinely no jokes. Genuinely no jokes. Ariaga has shown a propensity to cover so much ground that I actually think he can play. What? Why are you shaking your head? Alex is shaking his head. I He's said so fed this. up with me. I said Ariaga is a stud. He would oh, all right, continue. Well, I'm probably echoing points that you made because now I'm picking your side. <laughs> I'm playing your side now. Yeah, I agree. No, um, I must have missed it or I must have read it and thought that uh, Stefan or David made a better point at the time. <laughs> but, but no, I agree with you now. So let me just go ahead and say it the right way. Alex, you were right. I think we can try it, and I genuinely think that, like you said in the past, I think Ariaga has the talent to clean up a ton. I think Ray has to play, if he's going to be in a 4-4-2, say hypothetically if it's Ray as the other central midfielder, he has to play as kind of an 8, but even Cal Williams a couple of days ago mentioned Ray potentially playing as an 8, and it, people say that Ray doesn't do a lot defensively. I totally disagree. He's willing to tackle. Um, and he's not terrible at it. I would be a-okay with Ray playing as a eight. You know, if we want to try something different, I think we need to try something different. 
Hmm. Yeah, and I mean, yeah, all joking aside, when 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 the year kicked off and we were looking stronger, I yeah, you know, I kind of I, I kind of looked back at my four four two you know thoughts and was like, well, all right, that that was a little maybe out there, but. At the, honestly, at this point, I would rather lose five to two and be like, okay, like, what did we learn from that? I just like, I just, part of me feels like I can't go out and watch us do this again, even when we're winning. I mean, even going back to like the San Jose game, which we I don't think we ever recorded after, like, even that was like, I mean, yeah, like, we, we beat a bad San Jose team at home by one goal. Like, we scored once. Like, that just can't be the way that we do this anymore. And like, we're never getting past a certain point this way, which I think is what we came into the season kind of fearing by not getting rid of Heath. So I guess that brings us around to the first half of Thunderwall's question was Austin on Heath or the starting 11. I mean, I think obviously like one is because of the other. And I mean, I, I still feel like at its core, a lot of our problems start with Heath. That, I mean, the people on the field say what you want to about, like, starting Rosales or moving Ray out left, like, all those things, maybe they work, maybe they don't. I mean, it, it feels very much like this type of thing, like, Brian Schmetzer would have done, and he would have beat us, like, 3-1, to one, and everyone would have said what a genius he is. But, like, Heath just, we just have seen this, like, it doesn't ever seem to, like, come to fruition, or, like, when he tries something new, it just feels, like, really tactically unsound, or, like uninspired maybe it's just the players don't understand why they're doing it or they just don't care enough to be doing it better i don't know it just like when you watch that game you can just tell within the first 10 minutes you're like this is going to be a terrible night because you can just tell and i think that someone on twitter pointed out like when he does make like tactical changes it seems to be like kind of i forget what the way they worded it but it was he has a plan up front and then when that doesn't go his way he just starts throwing like whatever goal scorers he can think of on the field like without any real plan of like how they're playing together and i hate to like rag on heath for like not being able to make changes then we make changes being like well that's not the right change but like how many times have we seen this play out where like we go to a 4-3-3 and it just is a disaster and we never really get better at it or change throughout the game i don't know i i don't know i'm putting on heath that's the answer to my question I think one of the things that we get frustrated about is when people will put stuff on Heath where it's like a little bit too hot takey, a little reactionary. Um, if you hear that pounding sound, that's me slamming the table to really emphasize my point. Mm-hmm. Actually, it's my wife doing um, hard labor in our home office, renovating the home office. So she's doing all the actual work and I'm podcasting. So uh, she's the best. But. Um, you know, we get mad because like, don't, don't pick and choose little stupid hindsighty things that like, oh, of course you would say we shouldn't have signed this guy or we should have done that so, thing. Like, or whatever. Don't bring like, up that Jan Gregus is leading the MLS and assist right now. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, Alex and I uh, talked Edwards about that. is right behind him. Don't bring He's, that up. Well, Raheem Edwards is a, is a better example. So like, right. There's two perfect points right there. Jan Gregus and Alex, I know is joking a little bit, but like Jan Gregus is leading MLS and assists, but we know he would not be starting for this team right now. And and no reasonable person would say that Jan provides more value than Rosales or Ariaga or potentially Dotson. Uh, Trap starts getting a little fuzzy maybe lately. His form's been bad. But then you look at Raheem Edwards 
And there's a problem where he performed very well for us when he was on our team, and yet for some reason just disappeared into the lineup. And every time he played, he played incredibly well, and then all of a sudden never got any, any playing time. And so you can point to me and say, well, Grant, he's been on all these different teams, you know, these all these seasons. Whatever, man, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what's going on in the locker room, but um, Raheem Edwards is a very talented player. We're Team Raheem. I'm Team Raheem. I don't know. I don't know if Alex still is, but I am. But I interrupted you. You were going somewhere about don't nitpick hindsight with Heath. Well, I mean, that's the point. So, like, pick, pick your battles and pick the right things to be upset about. The right things meaning the things that Alex and I agree with. <laughs> you know, that's the that's the right thing. But no. I, the the stuff that you can get mad at Heath about are are his absolute unwillingness to change. Um, he does not adjust super quickly. Sometimes he does, and surprise, surprise, because he's not the worst coach in the world. He's an okay coach. When he does make adjustments, sometimes those end in positive results. Things get better. When he started making some changes in the second half, all of a sudden we had more opportunities on goal. Go figure. Like, he can have moments where he's not doing so bad, but he's so stubborn, and it takes him so long, and to that point, it's too late, and we've lost. It's already the 80th minute, and that's when he decides to switch things up and bring, like, Unu on or whatever. Like, too late. Yeah. The subs still are late. I mean, we're seeing a lot more of them. We saw all five yesterday. Um, But they are still late, and they're still at head scratch. You know, why... Why did Bongi not get on until whatever it was, like the 80th minute? You know, why did Unu not get on? And when Unu does come on, why is it for Amaria? Like, Amaria was, I don't think he was, like, the reason that the attack wasn't working well. So, like, why would you switch those out? Why not get rid of Robin Lude, who had been, like, not doing much on the wing? Or why, why, you know, those things I don't have an answer to. Um, But, and there was also a quote during the during the announcement where the announcer was talking about how Heath feels like he finally has, you know, they, they have the best team they've ever had, which is true. I don't think any of us would argue that. But he then there was like, he finally feels like he doesn't have any, or he finally feels like he has some tough decisions to make, which that seems like way too far. Like there have been good players on this team in the past that he has overlooked for one reason or another. So to say like, now this is the first time you have tough decisions to make feels really out of line. And I'm sure that was taken out of context a bit, but I think that it just goes back to what you and I have, you know, continue to say that the issue isn't that he's not a good coach. The issue is that he's not the coach that's going to take us to the next level and worrying about the Mike McCarthy effect of like always just leaving him for way longer than he should, because it always feels like you're on like the the cusp of something. Alex, if you were in the uh, press room after the Austin game and you get to ask Heath one question. Eh, you can have a follow-up if you want, but what what do you, what would you ask him? What, what is pressing on your mind? I'm throwing you a curveball here, but I'm curious what you have to say. I'm actually, I, I'm <laughs> the first thing that popped in my head is, is there's a, a show I watch called the good place. I'm sure other people know of it as well. Uh, but there's this point where he gets to ask this philosopher anything and he just says why and how and that made me think of that because that's kind of what i want to ask him just like why and how and 
Um, Alex is gesturing wildly right now. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard. It, it's hard because I, I, again, after the Austin match, it's like I have questions about like so much just like down to like a very fundamental level. Like, what are you going to do to like get a team that looked like that into the playoffs? Like, how, where do you even begin turning that performance around? Because, like, I think it was that bad. And you can say, like, that's one of those games you just toss out the window and you go back and, you, you know, there was nothing to take from that and you just, next game, next man up, all that, like, bullshit. But, like, realistically, that was... Games that we, or, or phrases that we've said a few yeah, times in the past. That was, that was such a bad performance. I mean, we have seen teams with, like, half as much skill. Like, our early teams that were, like, arguably, like, half as talented as this team is today would have crushed that team. Like, I think that performance was like just down to its very core, terrible. And so like, what do you do? How, what is going to be the message to the guys on Monday or Tuesday, whatever they come in that like helps you recover and move forward from this in a way that's like truly just like building on something so that we don't ever see this again which I don't think Heath has really ever been able to show because we still have these. And that, maybe we're exaggerating, but again, that was a team that did not understand what they were doing or didn't care enough to do better at whatever they were supposed to be doing. What would That's you a good question. Oof. Um, I would... Mine would be real topical, like real specific, but it would be like, what is your biggest aversion to playing a four four two? Yeah, like that's a good question. You, like, what are you? Exactly what are you wouldn't. scared of at this point? Is it too many goals? Are you afraid of scoring too many goals? <laughs> no, but seriously, like, what are you worried that's going to happen? Like, you just you just lost at home to a Seattle team that. Again, I said when I rewatched it, I thought we played a little better than I thought we did. But, like, Seattle was thinking about the midweek game in CCL. Like, that was not – they were not going gangbusters either. Like, you just lost at home, and now you just got slapped in the face by an awesome team when you played the worst you played in three years. Like, what is, gonna, what is it going to take for you to consider a different approach? And why would you not do that now? That's what I would ask. Yeah. We should get you a badge. Um Going back to if one of our... If anyone knows how to forge one of those, let me know. <laughs> going back to questions um, and talking about things that aren't going super well, Mr. David Vingy at Mr. Brightside, those are both incorrect, uh, said, who is the most deplorable <laughs> player at the moment and why is it Trap slash Lewd? Um, those are Wait, two who's, players. Who's the, most, who's the most what player? Droppable. Oh, I thought it was deplorable. Uh, droppable player. And why okay. is it trap slash loot? That's two players. You're a teacher. I would hope you would know more than that. But that's all right. We'll work on numbers later. Uh, why don't you start? So first off, we should clarify droppable. Does that mean like from the team or from the starting 11? I would have to assume that's from the starting 11. Okay, great. That well, with, seems... that, with that clarified, Grant, why don't you start us? Well, because ni- I mean, neither trap nor loot are removable from the team. Like That's... that's silly depth you know if you're not going to start them that's very good depth you've got on the benches um you know i I actually i love to disagree with david i love (laughs) nothing more than to disagree with david unless it's against you then that's also fun yeah but i don't really disagree i think trap especially especially as a six has made some 
I'm going to keep adding on to this, especially as a six who's supposed to be a very tidy player and he's not like the bulldog Aussie wrecking ball kind of guy. He's made a lot of really bad mistakes and a lot of really bad uh, turnovers with the ball. And and I'm 100% willing, um, Will, if you're listening, I, I'm sorry, please correct me, but I'm 100% willing to say like maybe there's other factors of he's holding onto the ball longer because there's no players on the wing open or whatever, right? There's other things that could be affecting it. He's hanging on to it too long or making wrong decisions, and he's, I mean, in back-to-back games, I think it was both Seattle and Austin, he directly had the turnover that started the goal. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's bad. Lude, I don't think he's the most droppable player, but he's definitely out of form. Uh, this is not the Lude we've really seen in years past. His 1v1 dribbling, which is normally pretty strong, has been a little soft. Um, he just looks a little bit lost and disconnected, and I'm not really sure what's going on. Um, but yeah, I, I guess I really wouldn't disagree with that uh, assessment by Mr. David Side, Mr. Bright Vinji. Yeah, I think that I think especially with Trap, knowing that you have the Dotson Ariaga combo waiting in the wings. That like, makes it even more. It makes yeah. it even more glaring that when he makes those errors, and neither of you know, th- and I th- we say he's had a lot of turnovers. He had two really really bad ones that led directly to goals. Neither of them felt particularly necessary. There have been others, but I think that those are standing out in our mind a little bit more. So I think it's definitely trap. Um, but that's not to say that Lude has been doing basically anything this year. Um, he, I think he's had a really rough start. Um, you know, some good stuff here and there just by being a player of his quality, like eventually he's going to come across some stuff, but overall very, very off his game, you know, maybe again, there's other factors at play, you know, it's not just other sports where something or an individual player's play may come through a little more clearly in, in a game, but maybe, you know, maybe he's really suffering from not having met an air out there. Uh, maybe he's, you know, maybe Ray's drop off has really left him struggling to find all that. It's like you were saying the trap, right? Like, it's not always as easy to just be like, that player's stats were down. Or like, I haven't noticed that player touched the ball as much. But mm-hmm. something does seem to be off with him as well. Um, you know, we know that I think that this, we know that I think, I, I'm pretty sure this off season he was doing his like required uh, military duty that they have to do in Finland. Um Maybe that's leading to it. Maybe he just never had like the restful off season and he's still just kind of grinding, but they both seem not great. Um, I, I honestly, if you wanted to start neither of them on, on Sunday, I don't on Saturday, I don't think I'd have a big problem with it. Um, we need something to change and I would rather lose by more and have it at least be something new than just like continue to throw this like milk toast of a lineup that like looked uninspired and like sometimes we end up winning by one. Which is sad because this is not the first time we've used the word milk toast to describe yeah. one of our players, which, you know, that's pretty pretentious of us. But to add to that question, Blake at Siam 007, he mentions adding Reynoso, saying that he's number one in the league for being dispossessed and 72nd in the league for expected assists per 90. Pretty, pretty bad. Yeah. I mean, is Reynoso droppable? Yes. 
I think for sure. I think that this next week, I think this next week and we should start Unu. If for nothing else to just send a message or get him a rest or something. Hit but the like, reset button. This was this was bad. This was not only bad play, this was bad effort this last match. 100%. Yep. It's one thing if your 10 is trying to do too much. It's another thing if your 10 has kind of given up and they're in their own head almost. Mm-hmm. And and I think there was a couple of passes that were just like, man, again, still very high on Reynoso, but I think he just needs a, a day off. Give him a rest, you know? Do you want to address the other David questions or should we just keep rolling here? Uh, yeah, let's talk to him. So first off, why hasn't Mika been featured yet? Uh, our people have been talking to her people. She was supposed to be on. She was scheduled to be on the week that we didn't end up recording. Um, so we're gonna have to get get our you know get our people in contact and find another night that works for her. Uh, tonight she was watching some show where like married couples date other people and then see if they still want to get married or something. It, or maybe they're not married yet. I don't know. She was she was otherwise busy. So uh, we'll work to get her on. Uh, the show again and his third question is priorities yeah and and, and, you know it it is definitely mika watch apparently um you know it's like the transfer rumors right maybe she'll join maybe she won't we're gonna see if she can get her we're we're trying to we got the paperwork there's a different podcast swooping in at the last minute they've made an offer yep um you know so we're in negotiation right now but it's got to be for the right terms Mm -hmm. it's got to be the right contract yep oh yeah and then his third question is, what is the most correct loons take? Uh, is this a, a reference to some inside joke? I don't think so. I think he just wants us to say something on record so that he can say it's wrong. But The most correct is that Ariaga is the most exciting signing we've had since Reynoso. Yeah, yeah. And I think almost you could make the argument, this is not the most correct loons take, oh, but to add, it. It. To, to add a flavor to it, because of the position that Ariaga plays, it's almost more exciting. Yeah, that's what we wanted. That's the soundbite we wanted. Tomorrow, that's going up. <laughs> Ariaga is better than Reynoso. Grant. No, no, more <laughs> exciting. Only because he's not a 10, but he's an 8 who does sometimes do 10 things, which is cool. And he plays almost like a 6. Like, he's just a whole bunch of things. Very, very exciting. Very high ceiling. That's well, there's also the like correct. a diamond in the rough kind of side to it too. Like yeah. we knew that we were getting a very good player in Reynoso. Like Ariaga, when you talk about the transfer fees and things like that, like that definitely has a bit of shine to it as well. Yeah, absolutely. So that's not the most correct loons take, but like you're saying, I think Ariaga is super fun to watch. And my my favorite part was in the Austin game when he was on the ground and there was that Austin guy standing over him, and that the announcers even commented on this too. Ariaga was like, wait, let me stand up and stood up and he was like two inches taller than the guy. And it was like, really? You want to stand over me now? Like, yeah, he's, he's a, a big, big boy. boy. He's a big boy. Big boy. Big fella. All right. What's next? What we um, all right. Speaking of Mika, let's get to her questions. Does DSC keep the starting position this weekend? I'm going to say yes. I don't think he's done anything to make me think he's giving up the starting position. And I think until he does, it's his or until he gets the cold. So. Did you hear that? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, he keeps the starting spot. <coughs> Delightful. <No. laughs> 
<laughs> right down the wrong throat. Wrong throat, wrong tube. The wrong All right. tube. Um, uh, keep that in there. Yeah, he keeps the starting spot. It, it's such a tough spot for both Tyler and DSC because, you know, poor Tyler Miller gets sick and he loses his spot. And then DSC has like two stand on his head games. And then, you know, the his goal uh, versus Seattle and versus Austin, I, I just I can't really blame him a ton. So, yeah, I, I think he does keep it. Um, Mika's next question, how seriously should Minnesota United take the Open Cup? Alex, do you have any hard it's really opinions on really interesting question. Um, yeah, I don't know. Because, I mean, part of me thinks, like, just we need to get this team back on track again. Um, in which case, maybe not worrying about the Open Cup. Maybe just start getting your league games under you know start getting a few wins under your belt and but also like the open cup could be a great place to do that and also like again thinking about where Heath's at you know a winning a trophy this year would be a huge deal um and maybe he's able to do that in the open cup and i think that a lot of times you see teams you know prioritize open cup if if things aren't going great um in the league and this could be a year where we really you know put our heads down and try and win the open cup um so honestly, the more I think about it, I bet I bet it's at the top of Heath's list. I think we should take it pretty seriously. I I think for the reasons you mentioned, um, you know, it, I don't think we're challenging for supporters' shield. Mm. So mm-hmm. in the meantime, we have all this depth. This is the year we should be trying to win the Open Cup. Um, if I'm Heath, I'm making some smart roster rotations, which I say tentatively because we know some of his tendencies they don't skew that way but i mean this is this is a team that you have enough talent you know the there's enough talent on the bench to be the starting 11 for a open cup challenging team you know unu is your starting striker and you know rosales or uh, kamar lawrence or metnir if he's healthy or whomever like you've got all this talent I think they should take it seriously. They should try to win it. Yep. I think so, too. I think they will. Um, if you're Unu, what's going through your head? That's her third part. Three-part three, three part question from Mika. What's going through your, your, through your head if you're Unu? And is it in French, or is it still in your own voice? <laughs> I love that you knew already, because I was definitely going to go, oh, but, uh, <laughs> You were going to uh... think... What the hell am I saying in my head? I don't speak French. I don't know what I'm saying. Yeah. Oh, oui, oui. He speaks um, some English, so it, it maybe in your head it's just it's 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 okay. It's poorly spoken English. If it's translated, it's mm-hmm. uh, what's a guy gotta do to get more than ten minutes a game? Yeah. You know, and, and I would be, I really appreciate how understanding and team oriented Unu has been at least publicly you know he has not made a big fuss or a stink about his playing time um publicly he's been very very gracious and i think fans need to like take a step back and understand like this is a dude who scored against psg like one like a a solo goal it was a really good goal like this dude has scored against very good teams elite world-class teams and so you wouldn't blame him for being like screw this man like i can't even get more than 10 minutes against austin fc Mm -hmm. like we're chasing a goal and i can't get time it'd be very easy to be very frustrated and um 
Yeah, I don't know. I think if I'm Unu, what's going on in my head is he seems like a nice guy, so he's probably just keeping his head down right now. I think you got to be asking questions like, if I can't get playing time this year, like significant playing time, I wouldn't be surprised if he wanted out. He's 28. Mm-hmm. Like, this is where he should be playing. I think other people may disagree with me, David Vinji being one of them. But I think that, like, he should be a significant part of this team. He's a talented player, and just because maybe he's not your solo number nine doesn't mean he can't provide a ton of value goal-wise. I, he scored seven goals last year playing, you know, out on an island, barely any service, mm-hmm. in a new league, in a new team, in a new country. Yep. What's the guy got to do? Yeah. Yeah, I worry, and I, I, you know, when you think about what he's thinking, I, I'm sure he's thinking, if he does a certain thing right, he'll he'll win the good graces of Heath, and I, I think that's my biggest fear as well, because I just don't think he will. I think Heath gaslights people, and that word gets thrown on way too much, but I truly think this is a perfect definition of gaslighting, where he has led these people into believing that if they do things just a certain way, they're going to get some other type of reaction out of him. I don't he... think that's a perfect definition of gaslighting. <laughs> as, but... as I was explaining that, I was looking at you, and I was like, he. I feel like no. he's saying this is not a perfect definition <laughs> Not even close. No, but I think... Uh... It is the it is that vibe of like the abusive like relationship where it's like if I just do this one thing right they'll love me and it's like Unu I don't I think he could score a hat trick next game and still Heath would roll out whatever starting eleven he had in his head creating you know? a false narrative and making them question their judgment and reality so maybe not a perfect example but. I still, wor- I I think that Heath makes players think that if they do something, that they're at fault for not being in the lineup because of the way that they performed or the way that they've acted, and if they do things a certain way, he'll have a different opinion of them. And I just like, I don't think there's any example where that actually proved to be true, where someone has actually taken Heath's opinion of them from a negative into a positive through doing some type of on field, off field. He's got his guys that he loves. He's got Dotson. He's got Gasper. He's got, you know, DSC. I mean, and those are the guys who came in and maybe impressed above what they were supposed to. Rosales, I think, is obviously another one now. Ariaga, maybe a little less so just because of we knew he was going to be good. And then there's people on the other side, you know, Edwards, um, Unu, uh, Nico Hansen. Um, you know, the, the list goes on of people who have fallen out of his graces, but I don't think there's any ever, I can't think of any example of someone who has truly fought their way back from Heath deciding that they're not the guy doing that in air quotes. Um, and I'm going to say that's a pretty good example of gaslighting. So in my head, what is Unu thinking? I think he's thinking, man, one of these days I'm going to get out there and I'm going to score like two goals and then, and then Heath is going to just open his arms and welcome me back into his good graces and maybe not even back into into his good graces. And I just don't think there's anything he could do outside of something outrageous to truly make that happen. I don't disagree. All right. That's all we can hope for. I can, I can give you that. Moving on down the line. Um, when we were in there stagnant, uh, when we were stagnant in early 2019, 
and suffered the loss of to Toronto, we traded Calvo, and things seemed to shape up after that. I fear we need some sort of shakeup at this point. That's from Hey Gundy, um, and Christopher seconded it. Um, I fear we need some kind of shakeup, for sure. Something well, needs I to don't. Happen. I don't want to burst anyone's bubble, but um, Calvo is not on the team anymore, so we we can't trade him again. We could sign him and then and then trade, trade him, him again. and then trade him again. Yeah, <laughs> you're in. You're out. Walk um, in, have like Heath lay into him, and then be like, "Get out of here!" And then he can go back to Chicago, and we'll all just move on with our life. I I really like Nick's um, opinions on Twitter. Nick, I like your opinions on Twitter a lot. I guess I sort of don't understand this one because there's no Calvo type figure on this team. Like Calvo, correct me if I'm wrong. Like he was the captain. He was also. But he's was not he necessarily a saying a player needs to go. He's just saying we need some sort of shakeup, which sure, I think is what up. we've already kind of discussed okay. in terms of maybe you sit Robin Lude, you sit Reynoso, you do whatever you need to to show that no okay. one is above losing yeah. their position maybe i'm too dialed in on, on the specifics of it yeah i just there's no like calvo type player with calvo type attitude and calvo type you know captain yeah. status or whatever no um, i don't think anyone specifically leaving would do that because the no, only person we, i would say should go would be like well trap could probably go but i think he's probably like if anything the opposite side of that argument like he is a great leader of the team and like i think we need him here now more than ever if not, I wouldn't start him anymore. I think he needs to sit a bit, but yeah, I think we need to we need to take a look at how we want this team to operate temporarily and moving forward. And so I think maybe it's a little bit of a lineup shakeup, a little bit of formation shakeup, but that's a lot to ask out of our steady Eddie, Mister Adrian. Yeah, there you go. There's something you could change. The head coach? Yeah. If 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 tomorrow someone told you you could push a button and get rid of Adrian Heath, would you do it? Well, that sounds so... That sounds like the start of like a horror movie where I think they're talking about getting rid of him off the team, but in the end it like kills him, and then I have to carry that you know, like weight the rest of my life. Like That sounds like one of those like The Box type movies. Yeah. You know, you hit the button in the box, and like randomly somebody disappears, but like, you get a million dollars. Sure. So like if somebody said, hey, Grant, you could press this button, and if you hit it, Adrian Heath disappears, I don't think I would hit it just because like, I don't want him to be my coach, but I don't, I don't know what's going to happen if I hit that button, right? So just to put that out there, uh, I would not hit that button if they said grant if you hit this button adrian heath will be safely escorted out of the the grounds of of blaine and will no longer be the head coach of minnesota united i'd say wow that's sure wordy for a box that you're giving me but uh yeah i'd i would probably hit that button i think i'm at that point not knowing who comes next So here's the thing, Alex. We've gone full circle, you and I. We really have because when we first started this podcast, we would say, "Who would you want instead of Adrian Heath?" Mm-hmm. We we asked. I asked that question. I will admit, I was that guy, and I have have come full circle to the point where, and I'm not saying I was wrong back then, by the way, but I'm saying at this point, we've seen enough. I've seen enough, 
He will not change. He's had enough opportunities to fail dramatically in the Western Conference Final, not learn his lesson, start all over again, and we're not seeing anything different. So I'm at the point where I kind of think any fresh start would be worthwhile. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think as I said, long I was as it's not Matias him... Almeida, no Matias Almeida, right? I, just none. That's the one clause. Uh, I think I said clause. I was going to give him like two months. I think we're at like a month right now, and things are not looking good. But I'm going to continue holding my judgment because I said I would, but it's not looking good. And like I always say, at this point, I would even I would even rather play worse than continue to play this like the same thing that we know is never going to get us past a certain point. Yeah. Um, all right. I think I, we got one more question here uh, from Blake. Uh, Blake says, our defense is, sol- is solid because the fullbacks are staying home. Our attack is lacking because our fullbacks are staying home. How do we get out of this catch-22? Matt Nero definitely help. But we so desperately need a competitive left back ASAP. It's competent. Oh, competent. What did I say? Competitive. Well, come on. Yeah, we uh, can do both. Kamar Fisher slash Fisher up for it. Uh, I think Kamar Lawrence looks great. Kamar I really Lawrence like his looks early crosses in. I think that we we're talking about how we kind of always just do the same thing. I think his willingness or his thought, even just the idea to do an early cross, is something we have not seen from either Metnair or Chase Gasper out there. And I think it's something a little different. And I think it's already led to a few interesting chances. So. I'm excited to see what he brings. He was a very, very good player who was then sent over to Hungary or whatever, and like that never worked out. And then when he came back here, I think Cal Williams or someone posted something about him saying like before he even got to Toronto, it was clear that like he was just never going to play because if I don't remember if it was already Bob Bradley or if that was still when what's his name was there, uh, Greg Vanny, but. Um, he, Didn't he, he say something really, like Bob Bradley like never acknowledged him? Right. When he, it was very clear before like he ever stepped on the field that he was never going to play there. So there was still a very good soccer player there. People don't just fall off that much. And I think that if he can bring mo- even most of what he was back in pre-Hungary for New York Red Bulls, um, that is going to be a huge piece for us. So, yes, I think that's going to be great. I also think, but at the end of the day, it comes to our front four needing to get better. You know, the the left the fullbacks can only do so much. Yeah, I'm I'm in on Kamar. I think he's going to be moving forward our left back. I do believe he picked up a knock mm-hmm. from that last game. Mm-hmm. Don't know how permanent that is. Yeah. So we'll I'm, see. How I'm that making goes. the face at you to see if you. Oh do yeah, know. no, I don't either. I mean, no? he okay. played. He he came out, and we brought in Metnair and Ronnie Fisher. Um, so I don't know if that was related or if he's just still getting his legs under him. Um, but hopefully that's not serious. Also, uh, both Jamaican guys. Did you know that? Who? O'Neill Fisher and Kamar Lawrence. I knew Kamar Lawrence was. I didn't know O'Neill Fisher was. I think. Uh, I so knew now Kamar Lawrence Justin was. Justin McMaster, yeah. we have three Jamaican players on our team. I love that. Look at that. Yeah. We got a bunch of French-speaking guys. Yep. Uh, got a couple of Argentinians. Got when a you took of that breath to say a bunch of French guys, I really thought you were going to try and do like a reggae Rastafarian like accent no, thing. No, absolutely. Just like, I'm going to have to edit this out later. That's so. full Michael Scott territory, <laughs> and it, I know my limits. Look, I make terrible jokes, 
there's the the impressions level of jokes is yeah. where the that's the territory i don't tip my toe in that's good that's good thankfully thankfully that's why um, we're still you know doing this thing is if i started doing impressions it'd be very much uh, sweet d vibes yeah oh that's great um all right i'm not seeing any more questions on my side you got anything on your side from someone who has me blocked or anything yeah um no nobody who you have blocked but i would say Alex, rolling into the next game, just real, real quick, you get to set the starting lineup, and you don't have to go through the whole thing, but give me your key changes you'd make. Yeah. So I think the back four is the same with Kamar Lawrence, assuming he's ready to go. If Metinair is ready, obviously he needs to come back as soon as possible. I think it's Trap and Ariaga. Um, no, you, I don't. you want Trap and Ariaga? or you no, think, sorry. I, I want to say I that you get to there. pick it. Don't I'm gonna predict go with, it. Pick it with Ariaga, um, and then I'm gonna I'm gonna so I'm gonna do like a four four two basically. So Ariaga surprise is there. surprise, and then I'm gonna do uh, Franco Fragapane if he's ready to go, or if he's not, I'm gonna do uh, Bongi, and then I'm gonna do uh, Adrian Unu, and then I'm gonna do um, Robin Lude, and then uh, Amaria obviously. So, I guess... The way you said that was so confusing. Yeah, so I was kind of doing, like, right to left in my mind. Because what I'm seeing is, like, four and then, like, you know, Ariaga and Unu kind of, like, playing, you know, in the middle there. And then, really, Amaria is still kind of, like, the out-and-out striker. But, like, with Unu on there, it kind of feels a bit more like a 4-3-2. Nope, that's not enough players. 4-3-4? Four, four, three, four. Th- th- three, three, four, three. <laughs> five, five, four, three, two, one. Yeah. No. Okay. See, now you're making me reconsider this whole thing. If I'm you picking want me to go the lineup, first? if I'm picking the lineup, you're picking the lineup. Yep. I'm gonna do. I'm gonna stick for this weekend. This is it the would part be, where all our listeners are swerving off the road. They're <laughs> just. What is he talking about? <laughs> I've we've talked so many times about me not trying to do the numbers in my head of a lineup because just, just don't say the numbers, just the right pick way. the lineup. So I am actually now that I think about it, I am gonna stick with a more consistent lineup. So I'm gonna just put Ariaga and Dotson, and then I'm gonna put um, Unu at like the ten, and I'm gonna put um, Amaria at the nine. Okay. So it still is a four four two, but we're doing Unu instead of Reynoso. Okay. What would you do? Yeah, I, w- I would probably go 4 4 2. Um, I'm going to go top to bottom. So, Unu Amaria up top. I would have. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to switch it up. And you know, this is just me. I'm, you know, whatever. Crazy Grant over here. Fragapane on the left. Bongi on the right. Mm-hmm. In the middle, we've got Ariaga and Rosales. And then Kimar, Debasi, Boxall, and Metnir. So you're not playing Dotson? No, no Dotson. Yeah. I think my other lineup would be, yeah, just Ariaga, and then both Unu and Amaria up top with, with you know, Ray's Delta 10. Yeah, I would like to make it clear this wouldn't be a permanent lineup for me. This is the, the next game, hit the reset button, fresh legs, fresh mindset. Mm-hmm. You got I would be Bongi. all four Bongi starting over Lude, too. I should have mentioned that. 
I think Lude needs a rest. I think Lude, yep. Trap, and Reynoso all could use a, a game off. This would be a great game. Just sit them, not because they're bad guys. Just give them a break. Yeah. Okay. Here, final answer. We're yep. doing Kamar Lawrence and Metinera out wide. The midfield. You're starting over again. Yeah. This is the final answer. <laughs> okay. The midfield is Franco, Reynoso, Ariaga, and Bongi, and then we're doing Almeria and. Uh, Unu up top. Fantastic. Really change it up. Tremendous. That'll be way too many new pieces on the field at once, and it'll just completely crumble down around us, but we're going to go for it anyways. Speaking of going for it anyways, how'd your fantasy team do? Um, it went, it was bad. So I left my phone at a bar this weekend, and then they were closed until and Tuesday. And somebody else set your lineup? Yeah, no... <laughs> They, they put, they they put the worst dudes in. They had Brenner. What the hell? Yeah. No. Uh, so I left that like Saturday afternoon after the Twins game and uh, then didn't have it all weekend. Um, so I wasn't able to like, do any like of my switching, but uh, I did okay. I got 58 points, which was enough to get the win because the person I was playing didn't have like three people playing. Uh, so I did not do well, but I still got a win because the person I was playing did worse. How did you do? I won. 66 Ooh, points all right um did okay not the best that i've done um couple of slip ups in, in some of my positional stuff but um overall feeling pretty good i i think i'm doing better than you and uh, that's the important part no nope. I th- I'm no fourth. i'm not yeah dang it yeah how Sorry, but you're five and one okay yeah yeah the, re- the way that i'm 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 higher than you because i've been scoring more points per week than you have well um, and i'm i'm, I'm Four and two, so so that also counts. The the two losses is more than the points. But that's true. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Um, You're in tenth, though. That's nothing to sneeze at. You only won beneath Ari. Ari already lost twice this year. Wow! How the mighty have fallen, Ari. If you're listening, you have a standard to keep. Yeah. Uh, First place is Loon Asylum, still undefeated. Right behind them is Michigan Loon, also undefeated. And Stats by Stefan, Robin Lude, Prince of Thieves, I believe is what it's called. Uh, all 6-0, and undefeated to start the season. Then it's me, the better half, with one loss. Death Loon FC with one loss. Armadillo FC with one loss. And Lasso Special with one loss. Uh, pretty strong top of the, top of the table there. A uh, few other notable ones, Ari with 4-0-2, oh, uh, he was a strong contender last year. Uh, Blue Dolphin, 4-0-2. Oh, uh, here we snow, 3-1-2. Uh, blowing Why don't bubbles. we skip down to the bottom? Let's go to the... Im- At 3-0-3, the- oh, yeah, we're getting down there. He's going to keep going. All right, keep trucking through. Let's see. We have a couple teams here. Three-year plan uh, is 0-0-6 with zero points for. So, uh, and, and, no, and no players selected either. <laughs> so if this is performance art, this is very funny performance art. Yeah, that's true. That might if be, that's uh, what that is, that's really... F- it's three-year plan part two is what their team name is. And they have no players selected at all. So if that's what that is... Kudos, because that got a real chuckle out of me. Yeah, I swear I won't forget this year is 1-0-5. They have 300 points, which for context, the first place person has 538 points. So I don't know if they forgot or if they're just bad. Uh, Either way, 
it's not looking great for I swear I won't forget this year. Anyone else you want to call out here? Just every time I every time I see Robin's loads, I laugh. So that's that's sorry, sorry kids. Uh yeah, no, that's that's all. A couple of a couple of people. James. James EU United is uh oh one and five. James, I expected better out of you. Mm. Uh you know, mm-hmm. maybe maybe set those lineups. Ooh, this um, week you're playing uh you're playing the number one team this week, Lunasalem. Oh Are you prepared boy. for that? Not even a little bit. Well, no. No. It's Not that belief close. in yourself that will really carry you through. So I <laughs> I have the utmost confidence now. I prefer other people believe in me. Uh, yeah, well, so that's good. Send uh, good vibes. I'm playing Fall River Marksman. Um, okay. Don't know who that is. It's vaguely threatening. Yeah, it feels a little threatening. Um, <laughs> Be careful this week. Thanks. Watch your stuff. Oh, what else? You been watching any of the two team? Uh, yeah. No, I've watched all the two team games so far. Watched the Big first takeaways. two losses. Um, Aziel Jackson is a yeah. baller. He's that. He's dude. a. He is a real piece for the future. Mm-hmm. Nobby can play in a ton of different positions mm-hmm. and looks like he's another dude. Um, Justin McMaster, mm-hmm. very solid. Love what I'm seeing there. And then Fred Emmings, doing decently solid. I think the back line's a little shaky, mm-hmm. but. Um, those are the big takeaways. Love that. I had another one too. I'm forgetting. Oh, Nico uh, Hansen. Devin. Oh. Well, Nico Hansen, but Devin. Uh, is it Paddleford or Paddleford? Paddlesdorf. Paddleford. 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 Paddle. Paddleford. I'd rather forward. paddle my Ford than drive a Chevy. <laughs> Come on. Solid, solid like a rock, because yeah. rocks don't move. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. That, that was good. That was good. That was good. Um. Who who stands out for you? I think I mean Azil Jackson looks really good. I actually I actually thought um, McMaster did not look as sharp as I thought he was going to. I thought I was I was expecting to tune in and watch him just like you know flex on people, but I think there's also only so much you can do when you're playing with a set. You know, like everyone around you is kind of similarly. You know, maybe on a first team he stood out a bit more because he had more support around him, whereas when he's you know when he's not. It's the like your your, your buildup, kind of like, yeah, your yeah. buildup doesn't go as far because you know the touch they're receiving is a little poorer, and then they right. give it back to you, it's a little poorer. And... Yep. So I think that stood out to me. Azil Jackson looks really good. Um, Nabi Kibanguchi is exciting to watch. Um, mostly, it's just fun watching them. Um, mm-hmm. It's it's interesting to see like when they played at Allianz Field, the broadcast was basically like what you'd see with a Minnesota United game, um, and then the next week they're playing at RSL or not RSL Real Monarchs. And they were playing at like a college stadium, and he was like, "You could hardly see what's going on." So that'll be interesting and to follow. Did you watch too. that RSL one? I did. Yep. They almost that was a chippy game. Yeah. They were like almost throwing punches a few different times. I was watching that game like, "Oh, there's another yellow card," and of course they had like all of the the Mormon moms like mic'd up on the the side of the field. Like there was some really loud. Because Salt Lake, Utah. Yeah, no, I got yeah, that. Keep up, keep up. You got it. Um, but no, there was some very angry. My favorite thing, and, and this is any sport, any team, even if it's the home team, my favorite thing is when there will be obviously like player A clearly fouls player B and 
fans of team that player A is on are like, oh my gosh, ref, and they're freaking out, and you're like, you can't even argue that. Like, that's obviously, like, mm-hmm. a foul. It's, there's no doubt that's a foul, but they'll just, you know, we get caught up in the moment. It's the shared experience of stadium sports, you know? Mm-hmm. All right, last question for you. Uh, Charlotte FC scored an Olympico this weekend. Are those ever on purpose? That's scoring directly off a corner kick, for those who may not know. Can I tell an anecdote? Sure. Um, in high school, we were in the uh, section playoffs or whatever, and I was playing as a right midfielder and brought the ball down to just about the corner flag and went to cross it in. And my cross missed the header that I was aiming for, but ended up hitting the post and going in. And as I ran back to the bench to celebrate with my buddies, uh, there's two coaches. They were brothers. And the older coach looks at me and goes, Grant, was that on purpose? And the coach behind him, his younger brother, shakes his head yes, up and down. And I told him, oh, yeah, absolutely on purpose. So to answer your question, if it goes in, baby, it's on purpose. It's on purpose. Um, Can I tell you an anecdote? Don't overthink it. I don't yeah, think it's an anecdote. Uh, I once won. We were in a, I was like 12. We were in a soccer tournament. I scored one of those. And it was like in overtime, I think. So we won the game. Uh, I did not mean to do it then. No one ever means to do it. It's actually just a really bad corner kick that was bad enough it ended up going in. So, I think Olympicos... I would be hard-pressed to be convinced that they're on purpose. Unless there's something really egregious, where, like, the first three corner kicks, it's, like, very obvious that the goalkeeper is is somewhere, you know, absurd. Yeah. Maybe then, but, man, I I don't think so. It's such a poor angle shot that if you're trying, if you are, as a coach, I just got done coaching, right? If you're a coach and you're watching your player try for that shot, I'd pull them. That's the, go for the headers, you know, like pass it to the players who are going to head the ball and don't try this awful shot that like any Olympico realistically should probably be saved. Well, yeah, not only that, but also like it's a great, opportunity otherwise to get a dangerous ball in and to like waste it trying to score it on something that's going to work maybe half the time speaking of waste opportunities what was that wasted free kick that we had where like it was in like a very dangerous position for Reynoso to take and like before he was taking it even the announcer was like this is a really great spot you can either go for goal you can go back post and see what happens and then he like rolls it out to the top of the 18 to try and get someone and they just like intercept it it was yeah. the lowest moment of the match so my assumption was that he was kicking it out. I forget who was receiving the ball at the top of the box, but that he was going to get the ball back and then try to get it in when it's like more unsettled. I, no. You're overthinking it. Yep. You're overthinking it at that point. Yep. Just get the ball at. You have Boxall, Debasi, Ariaga, three tall dudes who can head the ball. Get it on their heads. Yep. The end. Don't overthink yep. it. Don't get cute. Don't get cute. Wasn't that Bongi that almost scored in the last minute as well? Maybe I mean, how many times minute. can we say that, right? Bongi's almost, he's just, yeah. what a guy. I love that man. I think it was Bongi. It was either Bongi or Debasi. All right, yeah. let's get out of here. We play on the weekend at home versus Colorado. You think we win that game? Are we home or away? We're home. 
Yes, I think okay. we win. I think it's it's still not. I think we win. It's not a convincing win. It's still not the win we're looking for. But I think we do scrape a win. There's there's just too much talent on this team. Hmm. We keep telling yourself that. I think we lose two one, one to two. <laughs> you want to flip flop it a few more times? No. Snip we snap. Lose. Snip snap snip. Yeah. Right. Yeah. All right. Okay. <laughs> one to two. Who scores it? Um. Amaria scores. Mm. Another like kind of ugly tap in though. Wow, we're really just real down. Well, it's a Monday. We just lost. You know what are you gonna do? Yeah, it's fair. It well, is a Monday. We'll try. We'll see what happens. We we apologize for the break. We'll we'll do better going forward. And you know, I don't a, hold me to that. Don't yeah. don't guarantee that for them. I mean, at this point, I assume people who listen to us know that we don't actually mean the things that we say. Some of them. Some of the things yeah. we say. Yeah. Um, no, yeah, it, it's a busy season for us. We're going to try to keep these somewhat consistent and try to get one a week going. But uh, bear with us if we don't. Um, we still love you. <laughs> I don't know. I don't All know right. what else to say. Go Loons. Thanks for listening. Go Loons. <laughs>